Since the seventh age began, our magicians have been refining the black, viscous, tarry substance called mana pitch into clear gray magical gems of great value across the 41 worlds. Almost as long ago, explorer mages discovered a limitless supply of that raw material here beneath our fair coastline and built mana pitch city to exploit their find. But so much raw magic twists the very planes of existence, causing aura surges across the city and the citizens. The city filled with unlikely events and improbable people as reality seemed to glitch. Over the centuries, Mana Pitch gained a new name, known to all and used by most. We present Mana Glitch, City of Accidental Wonders. Do try to keep your aura clear, citizen. Glenn755 here, bringing you Managlitch City Underground on a Z frequency of 2308. Broadcasting by Net, InfoTower, and DataScry every open period, we're here to help you stay grounded in the City of Accidental Wonders. A cool, relaxing evening breeze sweeps the city on the 14th of Flower Birth, year 715 in the 41 Worlds. I'm glad for it, cohorts, because it's been a hectic several weeks. I hardly know where to begin to bring you up to speed, so I'll just pick a place at random and we'll see how it all works out. Once again, we've moved to a new studio-ish thing. This time, though, we did it on purpose, and not because of an incident combining a couple of small mana gems, a glitched guinea pig, and a squad from the Ministry of Order. Yeah, I'm still going to avoid any great detail on that. But you know, I gotta tell you, the pure volume one of those critters can produce it... No, 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 some other time. So anyway, our new studio is still not a room at the palace, but we like the new digs, and hopefully it will be easier to keep to the broadcast schedule here. More secure, too. Slippery Adams installing new mana barriers using his latest designs, and we've got a few other enhancements planned. No enhancements to the broadcaster, though. You're still going to be listening to plain old me for the time being. We did have one big distraction, and I have to watch what I say about it, but here goes. Slippery Adam, Nicklin Weber, and I got invited to Mistress Messier's First of Flower Birth event. We didn't even attend a staff or as part of someone's entourage. We got actual invitations. I may have mine framed. And it was a heck of a party, as they always are. If I were to name even one or two of the people I saw there and say what they were up to, there'd be a price on my head by tomorrow morning. Since I've gotten pretty addicted to breathing over the years, I'll keep all that to myself. Still, none of us thought twice about attending. Smart folks don't turn down an invitation from Mistress Messier, and I'm that smart at least. They say she knows everyone with any power or influence. Royals, ministers, cybercasters, ambassadors, and plenty more you and I have never heard of. Last night's guest list certainly confirmed that. 
They also say she'd be running the city if she could be bothered with it. But either way, guess what? It turns out that the mistress wanted us for a private chat in her office. No, I, I mean an actual chat, not... That. Well, okay, yeah, I, I was pretty wound up. She's a striking figure. Tall, red-haired, compellingly handsome. I'd find it hard to guess her age if I had the suicidal urge to do so. If you've met her, you know. Mistress Messier comfortably commands any room she's in. And on the other hand, while I'm not bad-looking, I was at least 82% sure that her request had nothing to do with my looks. And she proved me right. Mistress Messier stood there wrapped in confidence and an impressive party outfit and said she'd heard of the little demon hunting expedition we're assembling. She said she found it fascinating. Would we mind if she joined us? Cohorts, imagine Princess Swiftstorm inviting herself over to your place some morning for breakfast cereal and chocolate vitamin beverage. Yeah, I would have found that more surprising, but not very much. Now, we knew we were free to turn her down. We also knew we were free to regret that choice for a long time, so it was an easy decision. But I've got some courage, you know. I've faced down a crasher and lived. So I had the strength to look her in the eyes and ask her, was there any particular reason she wanted to come along? Mistress Messier moved to the side of the room and drew a black metal rod from a cabinet. The rod was studded with garnets and mana gems and looked expensive as hell. And of course, damn near everything uses some size of mana gems these days. They're in power sources, memory blocks, 3D displays, enhanced optics, all over the place. But this thing practically dripped with them. Really, it looked like something a cybercaster would use to knock down a rogue office building. She contemplated the thing and said, you're out to learn more about the Crasher Plague. So am I. I may even be willing to share with you what I learn, if you return the favor. In that moment, I could sense clearly she was ready to face down demons or anybody else that got in her way. And Nickel and Slippery Adam and I had no plans to get in her way, and agreed swiftly to her request. Uh, we all spent a few minutes making preliminary arrangements, and then we all went back to the party. Despite the ominous start to the evening, I had a very nice time at the party with some wonderful folks, and and that's about everything else I plan to say about it. Not to change the subject, but of course these days you can't think the word ominous without thinking of our new lunar friend Nibiron. Now, you may have noticed we haven't heard any aura forecasting from Virgil Kinson lately. Well, news got out of his contribution to the Star Hunter 7 rescue, and somebody hired him. We don't yet know who, and he hasn't been around here for us to ask. Maybe he can't find the new place. Anyway, our source says he's been on a mission to that lurking red intruder. It seems someone had a use for his special ether-viewing glitch. We only got bits of interest from our source, but some of it was pretty good. The biggest thing Kinson found out for them? Nibiron isn't even there. 
I mean, of course it's there. We can see it. The glowing orange lava on the surface dimly lights the city at night, and you can land on the darn thing. But it also isn't there, which apparently is how it can be in an impossibly low orbit around our planet, and how it hasn't, say, affected our ocean tides even a bit. Strange enough, okay? The next curious thing is that lava. It's glowing, it's orange, but it's not lava. I mean, it's not molten rock. It's kind of a runny clay. They say it's cool and safe to handle even with bare hands. So what's making it spew out of Nibiron like molten lava? No idea. Also, Kinson said it looked wrong when he viewed it his way. What did he mean by that? No idea there either. So the mission crew started calling the stuff Nibirite, I guess because it gets old saying orange glowy runny clay. There's also some unclear reference from our source to creamsicles. I hope to hell they had more sense than to taste the damn stuff. But hey, whatever it is, the Aurometric League is desperate to get some to play with. Are you a glitcher with ether travel experience? Are you willing and able to visit a lonely satellite on a cold Monday evening? Get in touch with them. Speaking of cold, High Minister Schaefer just survived a vote of no confidence by the council, and he's not happy. He's unhappy enough that several of the ministers are probably lucky the votes are anonymous. I have the idea that someone finally got around to telling the princess about the crashers, and that's how the vote got called. One thing's for sure, Schaefer has forced the Ministry of Order to increase crasher patrols. This is mostly happening north of the Portal Blast Scar, the old Portal Blast, I mean. But we also hear Artemis' little demon hunter bands are taking up the slack in the city south of there. That's good news for mana glitch citizens, bad news for crashers, and a trickier incursion for us. But our new influential demon chaser says we won't need to worry about that. Inside info, perhaps? Personal influence, maybe? Don't know. Too relieved to care. A couple more updates. The gazebo in Cat Sun Park is still demanding souls and still unable to do anything about it, we think. Interestingly, someone accidentally discovered that if you leave cupcakes in the exact center of the gazebo and then turn away for a bit, the cupcakes aren't there anymore and the gazebo stops making threats for a while. Only cupcakes will work. Someone tried various flavors of frozen algae, but they just sort of sat there and softened in the sun. While I'm on the subject of mystery dessert, there was a 15-minute shower of candy sprinkles around the Maniglitch Center for the Visual Arts back on Monday. While the shower was rather inconvenient, no serious damage occurred, Workers swept away the majority of the colorful sugary bits. However, an official voiced privately that he hoped rainy weather would soon get what they missed. I quote, A glitched sugar spill is how you get glitched ants. That's a terrifying thought. I wonder if the cupcakes and the sprinkles are related. All this talk of dessert reminds me. I skipped dinner tonight to move equipment, 
and it's time to do something about my appetite. We'll be back next open period, broadcasting by Net, InfoTower, and DataScry. This is Glenn755 for Metaglitch City Underground, shutting down Z Frequency 2308. Remember, keep your aura clear and stay grounded. The voice of Metaglitch City Underground today was Michael O'Brien as Glenn755. The narrator was Maya Krilovna as Princess Swiftstorm. Episode 7, Gate Crashers, was written by Michael O'Brien. Our theme music is Crime of the Century by Consortium 499, on the web at ReverbNation.com slash Consortium 499. All other content is copyright 2015, Glitch City Media. Visit our website at managlitch.com for more information about the city and links to our podcast archives.